0: Now broadcasting from the next-gen conservative studio in sunny South Florida, bringing you the latest in politics, current events, and pop culture. This is the Whitfield Report with Sam Whitfield.
1: Hey there, folks. Welcome to the Thursday edition of the Whitfield Report podcast. I am your host, Sam Whitfield, recording here at NGC Studios, as always, for uh, another weekly edition of the Thursday Audio podcast. Although, to be fair, I have been off the last couple weeks because uh, I've been working hard on my uh, senior capstone project for my college major, and I actually got that done uh, this week. And as it turns out, I did very well on that. But I was working uh, on that for the vast majority of this semester. Uh, And because of that, I was only doing the Saturday show there for a while. Uh, But now I'm back. I'm actually on break this week, so I'm going to try and do some more episodes for you guys. And I actually have a new podcasting Uh, set up here. I got a new microphone uh, that connects to my iPad Pro so I can uh, record professionally. So hopefully it sounds good to you guys. I did a couple test runs. It sounds pretty good to me. uh, But let me know what you guys think of the audio quality. Uh, Shoot me a tweet or uh, hit me up on Instagram or however you guys want to contact me. And speaking of contact info, uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at somebody for underscore DC, hashtag Whitfield Report, Gab, Parlor and Mines at Sam Whitfield, facebook.com forward slash the Whitfield Report, and uh, these, samwhitfield.com. As always, since you're listening to this on uh, audio, please uh, subscribe. And uh, rate the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or, or wherever else you get your podcasts from. And uh, we greatly appreciate that. And as always, uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash The Report, so that you can catch the Saturday live stream uh, show that we do. Which, uh, speaking of, ladies and gentlemen, I, I do apologize uh, for those of you who uh, tune into this last Saturday's broadcast. Uh, we had a power outage uh, last weekend that uh, took the temporarily that took the power up temporarily, but it really uh it fucked up my internet connection uh, for about a day or so. Actually, leading into Sunday, uh, into Easter Sunday, so. Uh, I wasn't able to do, to finish the live stream on Saturday, as most of you know, so I am sorry about that, and, uh, like I said, I'm sorry I haven't been able to do the Thursday show in a while, I've just been busy, but nevertheless, here we are, and, uh, folks, it's been a while since we've done Pop Culture, uh, Thursday, this is usually where we take a look at what I've been watching, um, and, uh, what is, what else is going on in the pop culture sphere, and we have a relatively heavy show, uh, regarding Marvel today. Now, as many of you guys know, I did, in fact, cancel my Disney Plus, uh, subscription earlier this year, because, uh, you know, among other things, such as the, uh, you know, Uyghur, Concentration camp, uh, you know, a partnership that Disney did with, uh, you know, China, supporting the CCP and all of that. Uh, Disney fired Gina Carano uh, wrongfully, and they've been propagating social justice uh, material and just being overall hypocrites. So I did cancel my Disney Plus subscription uh, for the year, However, I still have uh, until November to, uh, you know, until that runs out. So, even though I canceled the subscription, I'm still going to use it while I have it. My reasoning is, why not? Disney already has my money for the year. So, I might as well use the time I have left to critique some of their material. Now I will say this, uh, WandaVision, I, I never actually did a review of that, um, and I'm going to here in a bit, um, and Winter Soldier I'm also going to review, we, we're three episodes in now, um, so I wanted to talk about that, and then I also want to talk about this whole uh, thing that's really going on with uh, Marvel Comics itself. Yes, the actual comic book division. So first off, let's start with uh, division. my review on that, and I have to say that objectively, from where I'm sitting, I, I actually, I don't think the series was that bad. I know that some critics are saying that the ending was kind of a letdown, and I do kind of agree that the ending was weak, that they could have maybe done something else. That It it really, uh, you know, the ending was a bit of a disappointment. I will say that. But the initial setup that they had for WandaVision of uh, it taking place throughout the different decades of kind of, you know, sitcoms starting off in the 50s and going into the 60s, then in the 70s and 80s, I actually like that concept. And I like it because this was something that Disney uh, did outside the box. One of the things I have always kind of criticized the MCU for is that, uh, you know, after the first few uh, wave movies in Wave 1 and Wave 2, uh, Marvel kind of got formulaic after they finished. The Captain America and Iron Man trilogies. Uh, they got, you know, pretty predictable in terms of how things were paced. There had to be like a, you know, a lighthearted, you know, kind of jokey feel to it. And it just got to be very predictable. And I said this a few years ago on the podcast before, uh, you know, Disney Plus came out right as it was about to that I was hoping that this would be an opportunity for Disney and Marvel to do something different creatively. And the long story short, uh, at least in the beginning of WandaVision, I feel that they did. They really, uh, you know, kind of turned kind of our expectations of what the MCU would be on its head. In regards to, to the fact that WandaVision, in large part, was... A mystery box, you know where i want why I wanted vision in this uh you know town out in New Jersey where are they uh why does time keep shifting uh all of that the the setup was good uh initially, and I actually enjoyed the intrigue uh, of it at first. I know that some people thought it was weird, it was a little too. Twilight Zone-ish for some people, but uh, I liked that aspect of it. Where it began to fall apart for me, I guess, was later on in the series, towards the very end, when you find out that uh, Wanda, a.k.a. Scarlet Witch, is the, kind of the villain of her own show, because she ha- she has in fact been, uh, you know, mind, uh, you know, controlling these people in this town that she's in, and we also find out that the vision that she, uh, you know, that's been with her is something that she conjured up with her powers, because, uh, you know, she's grieving the loss of the real Vision, who's been... Dead, and so she kind of reanimated her. She kind of reanimated, uh, you know, Vision's corpse and, uh, you know, did a whole weekend at Bernie's thing with him. Um, and so that was one of the predictions that kind of, you know, was out there midway through season, and yeah, that 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 kind of happened. And for what it's worth, I actually liked the idea that. Wanda could have been a a vision that Wanda could have uh, been a villain, I mean of the show Um, they may still do something with that in uh, Doctor Strange 2 there is a possibility of that and I know that Agatha Harkness is a villain in Marvel Comics uh, but That's kind of where I feel the, um, that is kind of where I feel that the show went downhill a bit, was towards the end, right? Because, like I said, I like the idea of Wanda becoming the villain of the show and kind of turning to the dark side, so to speak, in her moment of grief. And I think it would have been really impactful for us to see someone who is a hero, you know, in the MCU, particularly, you know, a female character in the MCU, a well-known female character, become a villain or villainess and, you know, switch sides in the MCU after all these years. They kind of started to go down that road a bit, but then they chickened out on that at the very end and said, oh, it was Agatha Harkness, you know, all along, and she was the one who was controlling everything. Um You know, no, she's not the one that killed, uh, you know, Vision, that was Thanos. She's not the one who, you know, forced Scarlet Witch to take the people in that town hostage. Right? She may have uh, taken advantage of Scarlet Witch's, um, you know, grief. But Scarlet Witch herself still kind of was the villain, ultimately, of uh, WandaVision, of her own show. And, uh, you know, kind of like how Darth Vader, even though Emperor Palpatine even though Darth Sidious was the mastermind behind everything, Darth Vader was still an evil, you know, character up until he had his redemption arc, right? And I feel like they kind of skipped over giving Wanda, um, you know, they kind of tried to ignore the fact that she, you know, did in fact take people hostage, and that she did in fact mind control people, and it didn't really seem like there was much of, you know, consequence for her turning evil, so to speak. Right? I don't know. That just kind of, maybe I'm nitpicking a bit, but uh, it kind of seemed like they copped out there with that. Um, So, WandaVision, it's been over for, for a few weeks now, and that's why I'm okay you know, doing a spoiler review. Ultimately, I want to say it's not bad. I think it's it's okay. Like I said, I think it started out strong and then kind of, uh, you know, fizzled out there towards the end. Uh, And I think, you know, one of the reasons why it was so successful too was because we had to wait every you know, week to see a new episode and see how the story would unfold. And I am kind of curious now to know like, how people would react to the show if it were released all in one season, like we got with a lot of the uh, Marvel Netflix series. Right? Had WandaVision been released all in one sitting would have been as impactful. Um, I don't know. Part of me thinks maybe it would have, part of me thinks maybe it would have been, you know, mediocre. It would have been more received as more mediocre had it been released all in one sitting. Uh, But that is, uh, you know, that's kind of my overall review of It started strong, ended weak. Um, is it worth checking out if you have Disney plus, I mean, if you, if you haven't already seen it and you're curious as to what it is, sure, why not? But it is, uh, you know, it's not must see TV in my opinion. Uh, you know, and if, if somehow you haven't seen it yet and you're, uh, you know, listening to this podcast, I spoiled the entire plot for you. So there you go. Uh, but, one thing that I, uh, I'll I'll try not to spoil too much of is, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, which we're still in the middle of, uh, we're on episode four this week, I believe, as of Friday, um, and Falcon and Winter Soldier, um, looked like it had a lot of promise based on the trailers that I saw for it when it was first announced on Disney+. Plus. As most of you know, I love spy thrillers, right? I'm a big James Bond fan, and I'm a big fan of, you know, political thrillers, military uh, dramas in general. So you would think that the you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier show would be right at my alley. And so far, I have to say, I'm left wanting. Um, It doesn't seem like an espionage thriller, kind of like they've made it out to be in the trailers. Um, I'm actually still unclear as to what it's supposed to be at this point, because on the one hand, it starts... It kind of started out like a military thriller at the beginning. uh, But then it kind of started to become a whole social commentary on Black Lives Matter and whatnot. And it got politicized just like everything else. And, um, you know, I'm going to sit through it and, um, you know, see how it ends. But I'm not liking the... uh, you know, the overt uh, social justice overtones that, you know, uh, You know because of the snap or whatever, uh, black people are being racially, you know, disparaged, right? The snap is affecting everyone in the MCU, and the fact that they're trying to, you know, further wedge in a Black Lives Matter agenda so blatantly... Uh, You know, they're not even trying to hide it at this point. And so, you know, it's annoying. Is it going to turn me off from the show entirely? Um, Not really. As I've said before in the past, I mean, we're pretty much conditioned now that most of everything that's going to come out of Hollywood, and in particular Disney, is going to have a left-wing slant. So you kind of have to deal with that. Anyway, right. But regardless, it is annoying. I'm hoping that they can kind of uh, shift away from that in future episodes. I will say this: it hasn't been in your face as much as it could be, but it still is, you know, annoying. Even to the people who aren't really like politically attuned, I've talked to. They're kind of like, yeah, this is, this is blatant political. Uh, politicization. I don't really like it. So, um, you know, so far I would give Falcon and Winter Soldier like a, a B minus. I would give, uh, WandaVision uh, a C plus. So, um, we'll see, you know, what goes on with those series. Now, uh, To the news of the week in regards to the culture war. So, uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates, for those of you who aren't familiar with who he is, he is a Black Lives Matter activist, and he's very far left, and I would say... Uh, He is blatantly racist. Um, You know, he is a black supremacist in my view and there's pretty, uh, you know, there's pretty damn good evidence that he is a black supremacist because he's written several uh, books on critical race theory, uh, which is a racist concept in and of itself we talked on the live stream podcast a few weeks ago about how uh, Governor DeSantis actually has banned uh, critical race theory from the K-12 through education system. Thank God for that. Uh, but Tanya Heasy Coates, who has been this Black Lives Matter activist, um, has also started writing uh, comics for... For uh, Marvel. And he's going to be writing for DC, too. I believe, in fact, uh, there are rumors that he could be uh, actually writing and directing a Superman movie in the next few years. Oh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we'll get to that later, possibly, but uh, he has been writing for Marvel Comics. Now, what's interesting is this guy is, you know, an academic, quote-unquote. He doesn't, he he hasn't really had a, uh, you know, comic book background in my, you know, in my research. I haven't found anything on him that suggests that he has any background in comic books prior to like a year, a year and a half ago when he started writing Captain America. And the reason I bring up, the reason why I bring him up is, uh, one of the latest issues of Captain America that he wrote, uh, basically suggests that Red Skull, who is, uh, Captain America's arch nemesis and also, you know, pretty much the big bad from Hydra, uh, you know which Hydra in the Marvel universe is basically like you know they're they're the they're the Nazi uh, you know they're the Nazis for all intended purposes right? So obviously you know in today's context Red Skull is all right so to speak right? And uh, you know Tonic he- Coates has basically made Red Skull like a right-wing demagogue, but more specifically uh, in the most recent issue of Captain America uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates basically suggested that Red Skull is Jordan Peterson right? I haven't read this uh, story yet but apparently there is an arc in which uh Red Skull gets on YouTube and starts, uh, you know, putting out all these propaganda videos. And then he writes this book called uh, 10 Rules for Life or something like that. Which, uh, for those of you who are familiar with Jordan Peterson, Jordan Peterson has a book called 12 Rules for Life. So... Ta-Nehisi Coates is essentially suggesting that Jordan Peterson is an alt-right, you know, neo-Nazi, right? Which is laughable. Say what you will about Jordan Peterson. Uh, I think he's a little overrated myself personally, Um, but a neo-Nazi, Jordan Peterson certainly isn't. But see, this is what you get. With current Marvel comics, and with most of Hollywood, per se, anything that doesn't conform to the far, far left is automatically all right. So even, you know, even though, even people who would consider them, consider themselves liberal, or would have considered themselves liberal just a few years ago, because they're not far uh, left-wing radicals, they're now considered neo-Nazis. And this is why you have so many fans of comics and of uh, science fiction and and of nerd culture basically bowing out. Now, and refusing to support these companies and, um, you know, canceling their Disney Plus subscriptions, uh, you know, canceling, uh, you know, their subscriptions to Paramount. They're not, you know, buying comic merchandise anymore that's current. Uh, And the reason being is um, the comic book industry has basically become politicized far to the left and the industry is now saying that their own fans, the people who have supported them for years, the, you know, straight heterosexual male that makes up the majority of you know, nerd fandom and, you know, gamer culture, they're basically, you know, calling us all toxic you know, men and saying that we have we have no place in fandom anymore, even though we've been the ones who have been buying, you know, comics for decades. And here's the thing. Other than writing this propaganda, right, Ta-Nehisi Coates and all these social justice warriors who are influencing Hollywood and who are influencing pop culture, they may write this stuff, Right? They may try and... Uh... Promote it... But... They don't actually... Buy it themselves. Right? Like I said... Ta-Nehisi Coates is... A quote-unquote... Academic. I bet you he doesn't know a damn thing about... Marvel Comics, about Captain America... Uh... You know... About the history of the comic book... And if he does... He probably hates everything that it stands for. That's why he's, you know, cucking Captain America and making, you know, all of the villains all right. Um, and now there are rumors that he could be going to DC, and there and there are rumors that are you know growing that he. And he wants to write a, uh, a script for a Superman trilogy in which um, Superman is a black man, right, which did happen in, like, one of the uh, DC Elseworlds stories uh, that did happen in the, in the 80s. But I guess, uh, you know, Tiny Heasy Coats wants to get rid of Clark Kent and wants to make this new, uh, you know, Superman that's probably you know more woke, more uh you know more down with identity politics and whatnot and uh you know I just have to say it's a it's a real damn shame uh, if this happens. I like Henry Cavill as Superman. I actually real real liked the Snyder Cut, uh, and I might do a, a extended review on that. Maybe as like a bonus podcast because. There's a lot that I want to get into with the Snyder Cut that I, don't, that I can't get into on this episode, specifically, just because there's so much to unpack. unpack. But, um, you know, I think Tawny Coates and all these SJWs who are, uh, you know, infiltrating Marvel and who are infiltrating the comic industry... They've destroyed our fandom and they've destroyed our, you know, entertainment. And now we as fans need to, you know, fight back and say enough is enough. We're not going to, you know, support you guys anymore. And luckily there are creators who are, you know, building their own, you know, independent like comic books and whatnot, which is good. But we also need to get some of our people on the inside of the industry as well. And we need to bring the people at DC Comics and Marvel our own story ideas, you know, for our beloved characters. And, you know, show them that traditional superheroes, you know, still sell instead of this woke shit that's going on out there. But anyway, uh, so that's an overview of kind of what's going on uh, in the world of pop culture. Um, so, like I said, just a a very quick, quick Thursday podcast. Uh, I am kind of doing this late in the evening, so I want to get it posted, uh, you know, before the day ends, and it's Thursday, and it's Friday. I know a bunch of you will uh, listen to this on Friday, Most likely, but I still wanted to get get it out there for you guys on Thursday. Um, So, anyway, once again, folks, thank you for listening to the podcast. And let me know what you think of my new setup. How does it sound? Uh, Hopefully it sounds good for you. And, uh, folks, I'll be back for the Saturday edition of the show. Uh, We may have a guest this week. And then on Sunday evening, I do want to make this announcement real quick. I will be on Jacob Downey's YouTube, uh, live stream on Sunday night at 9 PM. And he'll be interviewing me about, uh, you know, my experience with podcasting and, you know, kind of being in the culture war and everything. So I will, uh, I'll link to that on my Twitter on, you know, Sunday. So stay tuned for that. And, uh. You know, folks, this may have been a short episode, but nevertheless, I want to thank you all for joining me on this episode. And until Saturday night, God bless, God save this great nation, God freedom, like seeing that order, and I will talk to you down the road.
0: Thanks for listening to the Whitfield Report on the NGC Network. Please visit Sam's website at www.thesamwhitfield.com and support Sam on Patreon at patreon.com slash Whitfield Report Until next time, God bless God save this great nation and God, freedom legacy, in that order